Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Pro Plus. I'm Dave Hendrick, and I'm joined today by Christoph Bakos, a Hungarian football analyst who is going to talk to me about Liverpool's new man. Christoph, how are you today, sir? Hello, everyone. I'm fine today. Thanks for having me here. No, we're delighted to have you on. We're very grateful that you've taken the time out to talk to us about Dominic. Um, let's, let's just start on a very basic level. As a Hungarian football fan, what does it mean to Hungarian football for your star player in Dominic to be moving to a club like Liverpool, who are one of the biggest clubs in the world? First of all, it's a pleasure that... Uh we have not seen for uh, decades so a Hungarian player uh, being transferred into one of the elite clubs of the Premier League and the world as well. So all of the Hungarian media is uh, is uh, very excited about it. A couple, there are a couple of Hungarian threads in Twitter as well dealing with this transfer. So yes, you can imagine what it means to us in Hungary. Yeah, I I spoke to Ivan Militar on Saturday and we were talking about, you know, the the history of the Hungarian national team and obviously the great, the golden era in the 50s and how it's been a long time waiting for a really elite level player to come along. And there's been some good players along the years, without question. But Dominic does seem to be the first who has that real world-class potential to come out of Hungary in a long time. That's right. Uh, Ivan is right. It's uh, something we have not seen for a, uh, for a long time. And yes, he absolutely has the potential, as we will 
delve into the details later. Uh, yes, so it's a great pleasure for us. So let's let's start with Dominic, the young player. He starts off with Videoton in his in his local uh, city, and he moves on. Then he plays for Phonics Gold. That's not a club I'm familiar with. He moves to MTK Budapest to have a great track record of producing young players before moving on um, to Leafering and the, the, the Red Bull uh, operation. Um, at what point did it start to become known that this is somebody to keep an eye on? When, when was his name first starting to really get out there as a player to watch? Well, in order to be familiar with his story, you should be familiar with Phoenix Squad, as uh, this was this is a uh, little academy uh, founded by his father, George Sobaslai. As uh, as far as I know, he wasn't satisfied uh, uh, with the Hungarian academies and uh, uh, and the methods. Uh, with which uh, they are uh, teaching players. So Hungarian uh, academies tends to be not uh, so much effective despite uh, having enough financial uh, funds. Um, and uh, this little academy uh, has been very important uh, in his uh, in his story. Uh, he was managed well to wait or join a uh, Red Bull Academy, uh, which is one of the most innovative uh, football academy has, as we know. So yeah, uh, I think at like uh, age, uh, at his age, uh, seventeen or eighteen, we have been already familiar with that uh, something uh, good would be coming. So. At the age of 19, then, he makes his international debut. And it's been quite the meteoric rise for him in terms of the international team. He's 22 now. He's got 37 caps. He put the country on his back and scored the goal that got him to the European Championships. First time in a major tournament in quite a while. He's the captain of the national team. You have worked extensively covering his national team games uh, as an analyst for, for, for different outlets. What sort of role does he have in the national team? Like, what sort of pressure does he face every time he, he puts on the Hungarian jersey? First of all, of course, he has to face a, a huge amount of, of pressures, as uh, he is being uh, considered as the potential uh, next world class of uh, Hungarian football. So he has to step up a lot of pressure, especially as he has become uh, the captain of the national team. Uh, And we can also delve into the story of how his play uh, has evolved in national team. he made his debut in the spring of uh, 2019 against Slovakia. Uh, it's funny because uh, uh, one week before I 
they've seen him on the spot in Salzburg, which I guess one of his, was one of uh, his very first uh, uh, international cup game as a member of the starting eleven. So uh, first in back in 2019, he rather played in a in a classical um, number ten role because at that time we were playing with with a back four. Uh, and uh, and inverted wingers. Uh, later, uh, during the campaign of uh, 2020 and 2021, uh, the Nations League campaign during the post-COVID era, uh, Hungary switched to a uh, to a back three and like uh, we can say trademark uh, counter football. Uh, and uh, he started to play in Hungary in. Uh, the horse spaces, especially in the left horse spaces, in a formation like a 5-3-2 or a 5-2-3 and stuff like this. Um, today, uh, he has a, a relatively free role in the national team. Uh, probably a bit less uh, positional role than we, ha- we have experienced in uh, Red Bull football. So in the teams of Marco Rosa, because uh, also uh, the playing style of Marco Rossi's Hungary has transformed a bit since uh, the Euro 2021. Yeah, so it, it's been very notable that, like as you said, his role has expanded with the national team and he's taking on more and more of the the kind of creative side of it, a lot more of the play goes through him. And he seems to have responded to that and he's performing at an even higher level now. And that's sort of one of the standout things that's struck me with him over the years is that with each level that he goes up, he adapts to it very quickly and he performs just as well at the higher level than he, as he did at the lower level. So from Leifring to Salzburg to Leipzig, every time he stepped up, it never seemed like it was a problem for him. At the national team, do you think it's been the same? Like, as he became more of a senior player now, as he is with over 30 caps as the captain, has he continued to be able to perform at his very best level? Or or have you seen anything that makes you wonder if the pressure gets to him a little bit? I guess so. Uh, the transformation of Hungarian playing style has been very favorable for him because if you remember us playing in Euro 2021 against uh, Portugal, France, and Germany, it was like a trademark uh, counter football. So uh, a direct vertical possession game with uh, more emphasis on prescriptive uh, patterns just to make. Uh, game model and decision fairly simple. Uh, now, since the last year, uh, the successful Nations League campaign against England, Germany, and Italy, and even in the first few matches of the World Cup play, uh, Europe qualifying campaign, uh, we are turning towards a much more uh, risk-taking, creative, and uh, possession-based game if uh, 
your familiar with the expression relationism, which has been a buzzword in Twitter um, in the last few months. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more of that. And uh, in this system, uh, he has a lot of responsibility with a, with a more uh, flexible role. So he's often dropping back even into deeper zones. It was in that way even earlier, but uh, it, we can profit uh, from his creativity. Uh, uh, Hungary tends to offer mainly the left side, uh, which is uh, advantageous for him because uh, his right foot is closer to the target. For example, against Montenegro, uh, in the first half, he played... Uh, rather in the right side, similarly to we have seen in Leipzig in this last season. But in the second half, he returned more to the left side and uh, he played there uh, for the whole match against Lithuania three days later. So just talk, talk <coughs> sorry, sorry, just talk me through then You've mentioned his ability to play different positions, and that's been a feature of his career is his versatility, whether it's central midfield, attacking midfield, off a striker, right side, left side, more advanced on the wing. He has played in a, multi- in a multitude of positions over his career. So what, what would you view as being his strongest position? What's the best way to use him? And how would that translate to Liverpool, do you think? It's an interesting question uh, because he is so versatile. He can play a lot of positions. Uh, as far as I have seen, he was very successful in the left pass space, but, um, which is uh, more uh, advantageous as he's a right-footed player. But uh, he can play... Uh, even in, with his left foot uh, relatively well. Uh, it's interesting because in Liverpool, uh, in the left winger position, there has been uh, right-sided foot, right-footed players playing, just like uh, Brahim Diaz, uh, Diogo Jota, or earlier Sadio Mane. Uh, in this position, uh, even in the defensive phase, he would play more in the half spaces uh, because Liverpool's pressing chain in the previous years has been based on the front three cutting off uh, the wide passing lanes, uh, forcing the opponent's attack in the central zones where there is a very physical uh, central midfield three, more physical than, for example, the city's midfield trio. Uh, but he can even defend in deeper zones, probably, as a central midfielder, because in Liverpool there has been problems with the central midfielder. Last year, uh, pressing has been less intensive, and also you have a couple of... Uh, of departures like uh, Nabi Keita, James Milner, Oxlade, and so on. Uh, at the same time, you will also have Alexis McAllister, uh, 
who is also more of a number 10. So it's interesting question uh, where uh, he will play. Uh, Klopp will have multiple options which he can uh, suite to the specific opponent or, or game plan. I mean, that's really promising, the fact that he has that ability to sort of fit into multiple positions and he's played some time on the right wing as well. So with Mo Salah heading off to the AFCON in in January, it's quite possible he gets used there. Like you said, he can play left wing. Liverpool do traditionally use a right-footed player there. He can play that number eight position or in the eight slash ten when Liverpool move into this newer box midfield. So he does give does give Jurgen Klopp a whole lot of versatility and a whole lot of options, which is something they seem to be looking for this year because the other player, obviously, that's in the door so far is Alexis McAllister. And with Alexis, he's also got that ability to play in multiple positions. And I think that type of flexibility is definitely something that Jurgen and the team were looking for this summer. So with Dominic... I mean, I want to go back to the national team. If it, I want you to give me a couple of examples for people that haven't maybe seen as much of him for the national team. Are there a couple of games that stand out to you that maybe people who have access to Y Scout or can use the internet properly can go and watch? What What are his standout performances for the Hungarian national team? Give me two or three of them. For example, um, in March this year, we defeated Bulgaria in our very first home game of the Europe qualifying campaign. And uh, in this uh, in this game, without any question, he was the man of the match. Uh, so his performance was absolutely worthless. He played uh, uh, with a great position of freedom. Uh, always uh, beating his man on one-on-one, uh, catching the ball between the lines well, as well as deeper, um, and being a very important uh, source of uh, creative Hungarian play at that match. Uh, from the previous years, you probably uh, remember to his uh, last-minute goal against Iceland back in 2020, which actually qualified us to the Euro, or uh, some of his uh, direct weekly goals, uh, which he is very known for. It's also an important aspect that he's uh, very strong in in set pieces, uh, direct free kicks, also taking corners, so you have another other strong corner taker alongside uh, Trent. Yeah, the the set piece side of it is something I'm very excited about because uh, Trent is a great set piece taker, but he can be a little bit inconsistent. And Andy Robertson's corners are also very inconsistent, whereas with Dominic, Every single corner is the same quality. He's he's very, very consistent with the way he strikes the ball. And I think from as soon as he's in the team, I can see him having a big role 
in our set pieces. I think as a corner taker, he's definitely going to be the best one at the club. I think he'll be in the free kick rotation without question. And obviously, he's a really good penalty taker as well. Has a strong preference on where he puts his penalties. Uh, Goalkeepers are aware of where he likes to put his penalties. And he just puts them there anyway. The the thing that really stands out to me, and and from an analyst point of view, maybe you can talk a bit more on this. His ball striking, the, the technique and the connection to the ball is so incredibly consistent. It's very, very rare that you see a player where every time they strike the ball, it's the same technique, it's the same consistency, it's the same quality. Is that, is that to you his best attribute or, or where would you look at for another very strong attribute with him? I think it's indeed it's an outstanding attribute. So he have a very consistent uh, kicking technique of uh, taking free kicks, uh, which you can definitely build on. Yes, I think it's uh, it's quite uh, outstanding. And uh, what was your other question? What what other what other attributes of his would you look at and say is one of his standout areas? Well, for example, he's very uh, self confident in controlling the ball in uh, spaces between the lines. So in uh, smaller spaces, uh, it is not like a, a very uh, spectacular dribbler. Uh, but he's very functional, and uh, this tends to be very important in today's game. Dribbling uh, now has to be more functional than uh, spectacular, and uh, he can definitely uh, do it. So he can greatly, uh, greatly uh, mix his uh, creativity with uh, his well. His well disciplined playing style, which is required in in Red Bull football, and uh, Klopp's playing style has several similarities with that we have just experienced in uh, Marco Rosa's Leipzig. So, uh, basically, a direct uh, vertical football with more and more uh, elements of positional play. I think he can give a lot of tactical versatility to Liverpool's players. Yeah, I think it's it's very very exciting, like what you're saying about him and, and what he can become. What he already is, we know, is a very very good player. And I think what I like about him is is how strong his character seems to be, how strong his personality is. The fact that he seems to be very, very popular among his teammates, I think that's always a good sign. I think it's important that he's played and performed so well under pressure for the national team. You know, having that added pressure of the armband, having that expectation of an entire country relying on you. I think those are things that tend to translate well when a player makes a step up like Dominic Will to Liverpool. I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover today. So is there anything else you wanted to add 
about him? Well, I can just reply that a sneak is probably one of the most important events of uh, Hungarian football in the last few decades. Uh, and I'm looking very forward to him. I hope he can uh, play regularly and he can do a, uh, an elite performance uh, which can keep him in, a, in the highest level for a longer time. His career has been built on a very professional and now we can see that he can bring out uh, the best from himself. Well, from a Liverpool point of view, it's going to be very interesting and very exciting to get to be part of this next period of his career. Uh, however long it is, whether it's the five years on his deal, whether it's longer or shorter, I think as a club, um, we're the right place for him. I think he's the right player for us. And hopefully it's very, very successful. And he develops into the world-class player that we believe he has the potential to be. There's a reason Liverpool have decided to spend £60 million to bring him in. It's a big fee. But for his talent... I think it could well look a bargain in years to come. So, Christoph, thank you very, very much for your time. It's Christoph Bakosh, folks. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Christoph? Christoph Bakosh. With, so it's just your name. Yeah, with two majuscule letters of majuscule first letters of my name, like Christoph Bakosh. Perfect, perfect. So, do give uh, Christoph a follow on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out the link to this podcast, obviously, and his handle will be there. Thank you so much for your time, and we will hopefully speak to you again sometime. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.